And will you join me once again to thank you, God, for this great choir, great shalom. Amen, amen. Great job. They ought to hear how y'all sing with a Hammond B3 up there. Amen. I tell you, but y'all did good. Amen. Thank God for Scary Shallow. Amen. Thank God for Brother Mike and Shades Mountain Choir. Give it up for them. Great job. What great music. What great music. Listen, I don't know how the preaching is going to be, but the singing has been real good. Amen. And uh, so if you don't get your money's worth with the preaching, you got your money's worth with the singing. Amen. This choir has been phenomenal. Any preacher that's a preacher wants to preach about right now. Amen. This choir has set the tone and has set the, uh, the atmosphere for this time of preaching. Well, good evening. How's everybody doing? Amen. Amen. I am just grateful to be here tonight, giving obedience to God, my Father, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior of my life, to my friend and brother beloved, the pastor of this Shades Mountain Church, Pastor Danny Wood. Man, it is so good to see you again, man. Thank you for this wonderful invitation. Danny knows a lot of pastors and preachers across the city, state, and nation. Tad Trailer from Florida was here Wednesday night. Vance Pittman from Las Vegas was here this morning. He could have chosen any other preacher to be here tonight, but I'm so grateful, my brother. You thought about your friend from Orleans, Louisiana, to have you here tonight, man, and I just appreciate you so very much. Who that? Who that? Who that talking about beating them saints? Amen. I thank God for your pastor. He and I met over 20 years ago when he was in Russell, Louisiana. I was struggling to pastor there in, uh, in New Orleans at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church and just how God bonded, bonded our hearts together. And I was just, we hated to lose him. I hated to lose him uh, when he left uh, Russell to come up here. But I thank God uh, for what God has done in his life at this church. Today makes 17 years that he's been here. Let's give it up for your pastor, Danny Wood. And I can't believe it's been 17 years. It don't seem like it's been that long, but I love your pastor. I thank God for him. He's been trying to get me here for a while. My schedule has been so, so, so busy that it's just been uh, crazy. But uh, I was able to uh, uh, be here tonight. I want to thank God for this very special privilege. Also, let's thank God for Pastor Michael Wesley. Amen. For Greater Shiloh. Give it up for your pastor. Amen. God bless you. Just got a chance to meet him tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I just got here about uh, 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 10 minutes, about 5 o'clock, my plane landed and uh, wasn't sure. I said, Danny, listen, man, we have a tight connection here because one of my commitments that I'm in my pulpit on Sunday mornings, but I wanted to do this so badly for Danny and for Shades Mountain. I said, well, bro, these are the uh, flight times. I say there's a flight leaving out at 1.40 uh, from New Orleans and uh, 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 I got to go through Atlanta and that's a headache by itself. And, and then from Atlanta, they here and I say just I say just pray that my flight times are, are on time and by the grace of God they were but we had a plan B if I would not have made it here Pastor Wesley would have been y'all preacher for tonight amen I appreciate you doing that pastor amen I told him I told him I said man just give me your sermon I'll preach it I just give you and he said no you just go on and preach your sermon man but I thank you for doing that pastor amen but after hearing your choir I see why you wanted to sing amen a great 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 choir to all the members of Shade Mountain that are here tonight Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church uh, uh, members all the other guests who are assembled here on tonight and particularly to our missionaries from all over the world let's again give it up to them thank God for y'all amen Amen. 
I'm indeed delighted and excited because I have been invited to be here tonight with you on this Global Impact Conference. I am overjoyed and uh, uh, privileged to be here. Did Kimberly, did my daughter make it here tonight? Are you here, Kimberly? Did she make she, there she is. That's my daughter, y'all. Kimberly, amen. Amen. She stays here in Birmingham. She's a graduate of Sanford University. So y'all know I spent a lot of money there on Lakeshore Drive. Amen. <laughs> and uh, she fell in love with this city and uh, have not, not left. She's uh, one of uh, the America's finest uh, elementary school teachers. She teaches at Avondale Elementary School and uh, uh, loves it. Me and my wife stayed with her for several months during Hurricane Katrina. She was in New Orleans this weekend and at our 7.30 a.m. service this morning and uh, uh, her and the, some of her friends uh, drove from North. I said, I'll probably beat you there. And so I didn't know if you were going to be here, but that's my princess, love of the dead, and I thank God for her. Glad you was able uh, to make it Kimberly uh, on tonight. Just real quickly, Danny wanted me to share a little bit about uh, my story at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church. Uh, uh, Franklin Avenue Baptist Church was at one time an all-white Southern Baptist Church. That's how I got into the Southern Baptist Convention, because when I was being considered uh, to be elected for president of the SBC convention uh, uh, back in 2012, Pastor Wesley, a lot of the media from across the country wanted to know, why in the world does a black man want to be part of a, con of, of a Southern Baptist convention, knowing our history? Well, Franklin Avenue at one time was an all-white Southern Baptist church, and I was preaching at a local church in the city. Somebody heard me there. Uh, a matter of fact, Pastor Calvin Woods, I was preaching for yesterday, greater his dad, that uh, Pastor Abraham Woods, pastors here, and uh, uh, in Birmingham, I was preaching at his church. Somebody there heard me and told me, "Hey, Frank Lamont is looking for a pastor. You uh, would you uh, consider it?" Long story short, I put in my resume uh, and uh, became pastor in 1986 with 50 members uh, in, on, in attendance, uh, about 65 on row. Kimberly was four years old. Our son Chip was two years old. My wife Elizabeth was <laughs> some years old, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> y'all know ladies, y'all don't like to tell y'all age, amen. Uh, but went there, I had never pastored before in my life. When God saved me, I was telling this to some of the guys who picked me up from the airport, God immediately gave me a burden for the people in my community. I grew up in the hood, I grew up in the Lower Night Ward, city of New Orleans, so I wanted, I, I was so excited about my salvation, my walk with the Lord, I wanted everybody in my neighborhood to know Jesus Christ. And so I was preaching, preaching on different street corners of the Lower Night Ward, all my partner, Butch and Coon and Bubble and Black and Roy, I want all those guys uh, to get saved. And so uh, uh, now I was asked to pastor a church, uh, and I was so scared, Danny, amen, to be able to do that. But by God's grace, by God's grace, uh, God took this little Southern Baptist church in the hood, and we are in the hood. Some of y'all have been there before. If you've never been to New Orleans, I would love for y'all to come visit me. Listen, before you go to Bourbon Street, come and see me at Franklin Avenue Baptist Church uh, uh, first, before you get those uh, 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 beignets at Cafe de Mine. And God just laid his hands upon us till that in 2005, from a mission church of 15 minutes, 2005, Franklin Avenue Baptist Church was the largest Southern Baptist, uh, uh, largest Southern Baptist Convention church in the city of New Orleans, in the state of Louisiana, with about 8,000 members. So God blessed us tremendously from 50 members to over 8,000 members. 
a woman named Katrina came and just disbursed us all over the, uh, the country. Matter of fact, Birmingham and, great, and Greater Shallow uh, 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 got uh, some of our blessing because Sam and Vernon Williams are members of Greater Shallow, amen, back there. And they were faithful members of our church. Sam was an usher back there. Vernon was an usher uh, back there. I had the privilege of uniting them in matrimony. And when they heard I was going to be here, they said, our church is going to be there tonight. Our pastor. I said, wait, I thought I was your pastor. He used to, used to be our pastor. But, I, but they wanted me to meet you, pastor. wanted me to hear this choir. And Sam and Vernon, good to see y'all. Did Elaine make it here? Did Elaine, uh, she didn't make it. Okay, Elaine was another one. Burnett, who was another one, those members. But I am just so excited and uh, uh, God. God has blessed us. We lost over 4,000 members when Hurricane Katrina hit, who are now scattered all across the country. Uh, many in Birmingham, over 1,000 of our members went to Houston, Texas, and Dallas, Texas, and all over the country. But God is getting raising us back up. I lived here seven months, was this close to moving to Birmingham, uh, Alabama. I could have been your associate pastor, man. Oh, see, I got your pastor. Uh, but I had a burden to go back to New Orleans uh, because I'm born and raised there and the mayor wanted me to be a part of the Bring Back New Orleans Commission. I'm glad I went. My wife wasn't too thrilled of, being, of going back. She fell in love with Birmingham just like I did. And I said, baby, just give it three years. Let's just go back for three years and see how we make out. And, uh, and thank God we've been back now for eight years and things are going well. Our church is growing back again. Our city is uh, uh, going back again. So continue to be in prayer with us and be in prayer for us uh, and uh, that God would just continue to do work in our hearts and in our lives. We're turning your Bibles tonight to the book of Acts chapter 1 as we share tonight in the Word of God. The book of Acts chapter 1, Global Impact Conference. I am so excited uh, to be here tonight, particularly for these missionaries from all over this world. I had a chance to meet some of you uh, uh, tonight. Hopefully I'll get a chance to shake some of our hands and uh, uh, meet some uh, um, uh, others of you across there. But thank you, Shades Mountains, for this uh, uh, conference. Thank you all for Ted Trailer and for Vance Pittman being here. And I just want to thank God for this tremendous opportunity that God has given me to share the Word of God on tonight. The book of Acts, chapter 1, is where I'll be preaching from tonight, Michael, particularly because it talks about the early church and the impact they had of spreading the gospel, greater shallow, to all the ends of the earth. And so I want to talk about that. Acts, chapter 1, I want you to look at with me verses 4 through 8 of that chapter. Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 of that chapter. If you have it, please say amen. As a matter of fact, y'all can say amen all throughout my sermon. I'm kind of used to it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, all right? Make me feel like I'm at home. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, you'll find these similar words. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to depart from Jerusalem, uh, and to, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Here's our key text, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and into the ends of the earth. Our Father and our God, Master, we are so grateful, so honored for this privilege and opportunity to be here with my friend and brother, Pastor Danny Wood, in the Shades Mountain Baptist Church. Thank you for this privilege to stand in this pulpit where there is no lack of preaching to be a part of this Global Impact Conference. Thank you for Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist 
Baptist Church. Thank you for their choir. Thank you for Pastor Wesley God. Thank you for all the other guests who assembled here on tonight. Thank you for these missionaries, God, from all over this world. Thank you for this church, God, and their investment in missions and investment in missionaries, God. Thank you for our, my daughter, Kimberly, having safe travel to be here tonight, God. I pray your blessings upon her. Now, God, bless this time of preaching. As always, Master, let me decrease as you increase. Father, let them not see Fred, but God, let them see Christ. So then, God, that you may be glorified, the saints of God may be edified, Satan may be horrified, and lost sinners will come to repentance. Therefore, God, stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice. Now, I'll be so very careful to give your name all the praise, all of the glory, all of the honor. In Jesus' name we pray and forsake and let the people of God say amen. amen. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. With that text in mind, with this scripture in mind, with this global impact confidence in mind, with these missionaries in mind, and with those of you who pray will make, be making commitments at the end of this service, I want to preach tonight from the subject, empowered by another. Empowered by another. Shares Mountain, have you ever asked yourself, how in the world did they do it? Pastor Wesley, have you asked yourself, how in the world did they pull this thing off? Danny, looking back at the early believers, looking back at the early church, Sam and Vernon, looking back at the book of Acts, have you ever just thought about this thing? How in the world did they do it? Now, now remember, according to verse 15, there were only about 120 believers plus the 11 apostles, about 131 people all together, and, 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 and that, that has given this charge. And the question I want to ask here at this Global Impact Conference tonight is that, how does such a small group of believers pull off such a monumental task of spreading the gospel to all nations, of winning so many to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, missionaries, these folk in Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter, these folk in the book of Acts were so effective in carrying out, like the great commission and the great commandment, that the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, that they turned the world upside down. Think about that. They were so effective then in carrying out the great commission that Christ had given them that the Bible said they turned the world upside down. That's mind-blowing. That's phenomenal. Think about that statement. Not only their neighborhood, not only their community, not only their city, not only their state, uh, uh, not only their nation, but these believers, greater shallow, had the reputation of turning the world upside down. In other words, they shook some stuff up. They, they, they messed up some stuff. They changed uh, some stuff. They rearranged some stuff. They changed some hearts. They changed some minds. Uh, they changed some thinking. They changed lifestyles. Uh, they changed home. They changed marriages. They changed families. They changed tradition. Brothers and sisters, and what's even more impressive than about this, that they did it not just in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, not just in Samaria, but the Bible said they did it unto the uttermost parts of the earth, so much so that when people saw these new believers, when People saw these new followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, when the conversation came up about these new believers in the barbershop, uh, in the beauty parlor, uh, at, at the restaurant, uh, at the football game, at the soccer game, uh, at the basketball game, in Walmart, in Walmart, in Walmart, in Walmart. When they saw these new believers, they said, that they are who? That's them. Who? That they are who? Who? That's them. Who are you talking about? That's them. Those are the people that are turning the world uh, up side down. That's phenomenal, y'all. That's awesome, Danny. That's mind-blowing, uh, which brings me back to my original question that I asked Shades Mountain at the beginning of this sermon, and the question of the hour is, how did they do it? 
How did they pull this thing off? For such a monumental task with, uh, 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 of spreading the gospel to all nations, particularly, listen to me well, particularly when they were so limited in their resources. Think about this. They didn't have Bible colleges to study at. There was no Liberty University. There was no Criswell College. Uh, 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 there was no uh, uh, Louisiana College. There was no Carver Bible College. There was no Luther Rice College. They didn't have any colleges to train them. But the Bible said, Danny, they turned the world uh, upside down. There was no seminary that they can go to to be, to be trained. There was no New Orleans Seminary where I attended. There was no Southeastern Seminary in, in North Carolina. There was no Southern Seminary in Kentucky. There was no Southwestern Seminary in Texas. There was no Midwestern Seminary in Missouri. There was no Golden Gate Seminary in California. They didn't have beasts in divinity school on the campus of Sanford University. But the Bible says they turned the world upside down. There were no associations. There were no state conventions. Uh, uh, there was no Southern Baptist Convention. There were no evangelism conferences. But the Bible says they turned the world upside down. God, there were no manpower conferences. Later, there were no woman thou art loose conferences. There were no manifest, mega fest, uh, me, uh, no manifest, a mega fest, a major fest. They didn't have any of that. But the Bible says they turned the world world uh, upside down. Think about it, brothers. They, 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 they didn't uh, have TV stations uh, and, and bookstores to be inspired of. Now, great preachers, but they can go and pick up a CD or, or pick up a DVD and, and hear great preaching from uh, uh, Charles Stanley and T.D. Jakes, uh, Billy Graham, Ta uh, Tony Evans. Uh, 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 the, uh, they didn't have a, uh, well, they can go and hear Agent Rodder, but they can go and hear Danny Wood and Pastor Wesley. They didn't hear any of them, but the Bible said they turned the world uh, upside down. Ladies, there were no women's conference they can go to and hear great uh, uh, women speakers uh, like Beth Moore and Priscilla Shire and Kay Arthur and all those things, but the Bible said they turned the world world uh, upside down. They didn't worship in a beautiful sanctuary like Shed Mountain. Ba Danny, you did real good for yourself. I want to let you know, brother. Lord, I love this place. Amen. Uh, they didn't have a beautiful sanctuary like Shed Mountain. They didn't come with AC and heating and padded pews, uh, multimedia screens and all of this. They didn't have any of this, but the Bible said they turned the world uh, upside down. There was no such thing as an organized Bible study. There was no organized Sunday school. There was no Awana. Uh, 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 there was no nursery. They didn't send their, their bad kids for someone to watch them during the service, but the Bible said they turned the world uh, upside down. These were plain, ordinary men and women, unknown to many, common people uh, who, uh, who, by, who by the grace of God turned the world uh, upside down. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, when I think about this early church, when I think about uh, uh, these believers, the question of the hour is, how did these plain, ordinary men and women do some extraordinary things for the kingdom of, of God? They face fears, hostile, hatred, opposition. But the Bible says, the word of God says, Pastor Wesley, that they turn the world upside down. Dr. Chuck Kelly, president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, has a, a Hebrew word to describe this. Wow. Some of y'all got that. Some of y'all got that. How'd they do it, Pastor? They were ordinary men and women. Didn't have the training didn't have the awanas, didn't have all the things that we say we need to, to start a ministry and get a ministry started. But the Bible said they turned the world upside down. Well, let me suggest my brothers and sisters, 
at this global impact conference that once we discover how they did it, once we discover how they were able to pull it off, that we also can apply these principles to our lives so that we in turn can also turn this city of Birmingham, turn the world upside down. So how did they do it? How did they win so many folk to Jesus Christ? How did they impact greater shallow so many lives for the kingdom of heaven? Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, let me suggest that these plain, ordinary men and women were simply empowered by by another. They had received the promise of the Holy Spirit and was able to do, Danny, what they could not do of themselves by themselves. Let me say that again. They had received the promise of the Holy Spirit and those in the balcony were now able to do what they could not do of themselves by themselves. In verse 4 of the text, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is about to go to glory. He's about to go back to be with his Father in heaven and he told them, listen, I've got to go, but I expect y'all to carry out this great commission that I have assigned to you. But this one thing I want you to do, do not depart for Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem, stay right here and wait for the promise of the Father. Notice Jesus told the missionaries to wait for the promise of the Father. Stay put, don't go anywhere, don't uh, go in advance. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And ladies and gentlemen, that can be part of our problem. Because if any of y'all are like me, we don't like waiting for anything. I know I don't like waiting for anything. We don't like waiting at a red light. We don't like waiting in the bank or on a Friday. We don't like waiting in rush hour traffic. We don't like waiting in a fast food line. Or we don't like waiting in a parking lot. We don't like waiting for usher to get our seat. I couldn't wait to get up here to preach, man. When I heard this choir, you said, come on, Danny, get me up there. Get me up there. Uh-oh, we, we just don't have a problem. Uh, uh, how many of all this happened to you? You only got about 30, 45 minutes for lunch, and you go to McDonald's or something like and you get in line, and you're three people, and then two people, and you finally up there. You look and say, yes, I'm going to make it. And this knucklehead right there in front of the line just said, uh, give me a number. No, no, change that. Give me a number. No, and you just want to take the back of your hand and say, man, Big Mac fries and a Dr. Pepper. Get out of here. I got to go to work. Come on. I know I ain't the only one. I know I ain't the only one. I see that hand. I see that hand. We don't like to wait. But Danny, Pastor Wesley, I've discovered that there's a blessing in waiting. I've discovered just because of what I've been through, Shallow, the last eight years, there's a blessing, Sam Vernon, there's a blessing in waiting. Job said in Job 14 and 14, I'm going to wait until my changes come. Psalm 27 and 14 said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, uh, on the Lord. Proverbs 20 and 22 say, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Lamentations 3 and 25 say, the Lord is good uh, unto them that wait. And my fi- probably my favorite way scripture, Danny, in all the Bible, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 that says, but they that wait, but they that wait, but they that wait, but they that wait, but they that wait upon the Lord, uh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, my brothers and sisters, if you wait on God, I promise you, God will empower you to do what you cannot do by yourself. Yes! And missionaries, that's what happened. And that's what happened. These believers in the text, they waited on God. And because they waited on God and were obedient to the voice of God, God did some extraordinary things in their life. So that leads me to a question, Shage Miles. Lead me to a question, where the shallow? What happens when we wait on God? There are three things according to the text here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that happens when we wait on God. First of all, number one, when you wait on God, you become a new person. When you wait on God, you become a new person. 
person. Look, look there in verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and into the ends of the... When you wait on God, you become a new person. Notice, Shade Mount, notice missionaries, notice the emphasis on that three-letter word, you. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Ladies and gentlemen, when you wait on God, you become a brand new person. Think about it. These were the same believers who just a few days earlier, Pastor Wesley was scared. Then these were the same believers who just a few days earlier, they were timid, they were hiding. Oh, they killed Jesus. We're next. They got our leader. Now they're coming after us. As a matter of fact, they were so afraid that the Bible said none of them could be found at the cross except John. John was the only disciple at the cross. And we know that because when Jesus cried those seven cries on the cross, when he cried that third cry, he said, woman, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. We know that John was the only one at the cross. Where, where was Andrew? Where was Thomas? Where was fast-talking Peter? I tell you whether they were hiding. They, they, they were afraid. They were timid. Oh, Lord, look what they did to Jesus. They're looking for us now. Oh, look what they did our leader. They, they thought they were going to die. They thought that they were going to be next. So they were hiding. They were timid. But oh, look at them now. Shallow, look at them now after they waited for the promise of the Father. Look at them now after they've been empowered by another. Look at them now. They're new men. They're new women. All for the kingdom. The fact of the matter, they're new creatures. For the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. All things now become new. Look how different they are once they waited on the Lord. Think about it. Before the promise, they were aloof. But after the promise, they were alert. Before the promise, they were bickering. After the promise, they were bold. Before the promise, they were complacent. After the promise, they were crusaders. Before the promise, they were defeated. After the promise, they were devoted. Before the promise, they were empty. After the promise, they were empowered. You got a wager on the promise of the Father. Before the promise, they were fearful. After the promise, they were filled. Before the promise, they were gullible. After the promise, they were gallant. Before the promise, they were hiding. After the promise, they were heroes. Before the promise, they were immature. After the promise, they were imitators. You got to wait for the promise of the Father. Before the promise, they were jittery. After the promise, they were joyful. Before the promise, they were kitchens. After the promise, they were nice. Before the promise, they were lazy. After the promise, they were legends. Before the promise, they were mediocre. After the promise, they were mighty. You got to wait for the promise of the Father. Before the promise, they were negligent. After the promise, they were noble. Before the promise, they were opinionated. After the promise, they were obedient. Before the promise, they were passive. After the promise, they were powerful. Before the promise, they were quarreling. After the promise, they were qualified. Before the promise, they were reluctant. After the promise, they were ready. You got to wait for the promise of the Father. Before the promise, they were silent. After the promise, they were soldiers. Before the promise, they were timid. After the promise, they were transformed. Before the promise, they were unmanageable. After the promise, they were unified. Before the promise, they were, vic they were victims. After the promise, they were victorious. Before the promise, they were wimps. After the promise, they were warriors. You got to wait for the promise of the Father. Before the the promise they were zany. After the promise they were zealous. You got to wait for the promise of the Father. Yes. Yes. That's how they did it, Shades Mountain. Missionaries, that's how they did it. Greater Shallow, that's how they did it. These, Pastor West, these were ordinary men and women. They were ordinary folk. 
didn't have half the stuff we said we need to win the loss. All day, they waited for the promise of the Father. And when they waited for the promise of the Father, it gave, they became a new person. And that's how you're going to do it, Shades Mountain. Well, Shallow, that's how you're going to do it. Missionary, that's how you will continue to be able to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we must wait for the promise of the Father. Listen, you can't do this by yourself. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care what your title is, what your position is. You cannot effectively witness and evangelize on your own. you got to wait for the promise of the Father. But then there's a second thing. Then according to the text, not only did they become a, a, a new person, but secondly, when they were empowered by another, not only became a new person, but secondly, they had a new purpose. Not only a new person, but secondly, they had a new Purpose. Again, look at verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come up on your head is, and you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, not only you become a new person, but you have a new purpose. You realize that it's not about you. When you feel with the Spirit of God, you realize it's not about you. It's not about your agenda. It's not about your ideas. It's not about your position. Their purpose was to witness about another. Their purpose was to testify about another. Their purpose was to tell the world about another, hear me well, whose name was Jesus. Not Muhammad, but Jesus. Not Buddha, but Jesus. Not Islam, but Jesus. Not Obama, but Jesus. Not the Tea Party, but Jesus. Not the Democrats, but Jesus. Not the Republicans, but Jesus. Not somebody riding an elephant or somebody riding a donkey, but they were to tell the world about somebody by the name of Jesus Christ. Not Roll Tide, but Jesus. Not Auburn Tigers, but Jesus. Not LSU Tigers, but Jesus. Not the New Orleans Saints, not the Atlanta Braves. But their purpose was to tell the world about a man by the name of Jesus Christ that can change their lives. That's why the Bible said, that's why the scripture said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, there is no other name. Shallow, there is no other choir, there is no other name among heaven given by we must be saved. My friend, when you become a new person, you have a new purpose and your purpose is to tell the world about a man by the name of Jesus. That's what these missionaries are doing all across the world. That's what they're doing every place that they are. They're telling people about a man by the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's our responsibility. That's our job. Uh, that's what we hope to impact you at this global mission, uh, uh, conference that you, would tell the, that you would tell the world about a man by the name uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, I tell people at Franklin Avenue all the time, uh, Vernon and Sam will tell you, it's not about the pastor. It's about the master. It's not about the leaders. It's about the Lamb of God. It's not about the singing. It's about the Savior. It's not about the members. It's about the Messiah. It's not about the creatures. It's about the creator. It's not about the building and the budget. It's about the bright and morning star. For Jesus said, uh, for Jesus said, uh, for Jesus said, uh, and if I, and if I, and if I be lifted up, uh, I'll draw all men uh, unto me. It's about Jesus Christ. That's our purpose. 
So come on, Ben. Lift them up. That's our purpose. Come on, ladies. Lift them up. That's our purpose. Come on, teenagers. Come on, senior soldiers. Come on, Shades Mountain. Come on, Shallow. Lift them up. Come on. Lift them up. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to lift up Jesus Christ. That's how we're going to win, folk. That's how we're going to win our communities, our neighborhoods, our city, our state, and our nation. The songwriter Mike said it best. How to reach the masses. Men of everybody. For an answer, Jesus gave the key. And if I and if I, and if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus shed his blood, and one day he's coming back again to let people know that there's a reality in serving a true and the living God. So lift him up till he speaks from eternity. And if I, and if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's how they did it, Shades Mountain. That's how they did it. That's how they did it. They were empowered by another, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And once they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they had a new person. There were new persons with a new purpose. And that purpose was evident, Kimberly, in their walk, evident in their talk, evident in everything that they did. In like manner, those on the balcony, those on the bottom level, in like manner, my brothers and my sisters, when you become a new person, you have a new purpose. And you can't help but tell it everywhere you go. Let me say that again. When you become a new person, you have a new purpose. And you can't help but tell it everywhere you go. Tell it on your job. Tell it at school. Tell it at Walmart. Tell it on the barbershop, at the barbershop. Tell it at the beauty parlor. Tell it at the ball, all, at the ball game. Tell it everywhere you go. My grandmother said it like this. I said, I wasn't going to tell nobody. But I just couldn't keep it to myself. Oh, you ought to have been there. I know it's bad English, but it's good theology. You ought to have been there, Wesley, when he saved my soul. You ought to have been there, Karen, when he put my name on the road because I started running and jumping and shouting because of what the Lord has done for me. Oh, brothers and sisters, at this Global Impact Conference, people need to know the Lord. People need to know the Lord. The alcoholic needs to know the Lord. Drug addict needs to know the Lord. The gangbanger needs to know the Lord. Hoochie mamas need, oh, I can't say hoochie mamas here. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I, I'm so sorry, Danny. See, I can say hoochie mamas at my church because I, 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 I passed in the hood. But I'm at Shays Mountain Baptist Church, man. And I'm the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. But I'm saying hoochie mama, just, just, just erase that off the tape, God. Erase that off the tape. But the down and out, everybody needs to know that Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. He's the answer for the crime problem. He's the answer for the racism problem. He's the answer for the family crisis. Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how they did it. They were a new person with a new purpose. But then there's one more thing as we come to a close. As you're about to make a commitment, as you're about to fill out this life commitment card, I want you to think about how these folk in the book of Acts did. They didn't have any of the stuff that we talk about that we need. But the Bible said they turned the world upside down. How did they do it? Well, they waited for the promise of the Father, and they became a new person. When you wait for the promise of the Father, you become a new person with a new purpose. And finally, the third point, you have a new power. You have a new power. You're a new person with a new purpose with a new power. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 one more time as I come to a close. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses to me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
and into the ends of the earth. My brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, Chase Mountain and Greater Shallow, there is no secret how these plain, ordinary believers, missionaries were able to do extraordinary things for the kingdom of heaven. It's no secret now how they were able to win so many folk to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It was because they waited for the promise and received the promise of the power of the Holy Spirit. This new power gave them boldness they didn't have before. Gave them strength they didn't have before. Gave them courage they didn't have before. My brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we can't pull this off by ourselves. Can't do this on your own. That's why Pastor Dad asked you to pray about it. Pray about what God would have you to do. And pray about it and really talk, consider, what is it that God wants me to do? Full-time mission service, short-term mission service, helping others to go on mission projects, praying for missionaries, other, uh, I previously made a commitment to mission service, and I'm reaffirming that commitment. What is it that you, you can, whatever the choice you make, you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it on your own. It doesn't matter what church you attend. It doesn't matter who your pastor. It doesn't matter position that you the fact of the matter is we can't do this by ourselves because of themselves many of them were timid they were afraid they, they, they were scared just talking to strange people sharing Christ with a language people language that I know nothing about they couldn't do this of themselves and so they had to be filled with the Spirit of God they had to be led by the Spirit of God they had to be empowered by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. You get that when you become born again. You get that when you get saved. But I'm talking about and able to do what these missionaries are doing. And able to go in some of the places where they're going at. Some of the places that they go that they can't even tell family members and tell loved ones. I'm going on a trip uh, 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 into this month. And IMB say, don't, you can't tell anybody where you're going. Because we don't want to compromise uh, uh, the missionaries that are living there. Their lives are on the line every day. And so I'm not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. You get that when you get saved. But I mean asking God to give you the function and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you can do on that day, a Monday that people group among that as you share the word of God uh, as you share Christ uh, as you share what God has done in your life the Bible says the text says but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you then you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and then you shall win the loss and then you shall win others to Jesus Christ because of the power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you Pastor Wesley, when I was a kid, growing up in New Orleans, my mom and dad were divorced when I was six years old. And so mom worked two or three jobs, not to make ends meet, Danny, but kind of make ends kind of wave at one another. Some of y'all, some, some, some of y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, you know. And, uh, and mom worked two or three jobs, so I pretty much raised myself. I was a, I was a young punk. I was, you know, in the hood and, you know, running the streets with my, with my partners and my boys. And, and my mama, I couldn't wait to start driving. Every time my mom would go somewhere, I would always sit in the front seat because I, I, I wanted to learn how to drive as quickly as I can. I, I would I know, I was, see how my mom, how she turned the, the key on, how she would uh, uh, put it in reverse, put it in, how she would press the accelerator, how she would, I, I just watched it and watched it because I couldn't wait uh, uh, to get my driver's license. And finally, I made 15 years old, Pastor. And man, the first thing I did, I said, Mama, please, uh, Mama, please, Mama, please. I used that Jane Brown. Please, 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 please. Come on, y'all have been saved all your life. Come on, y'all. So, so, 
Some of y'all know about Jay, buddy. And I said, Mama, please, I want to get my license. I, I, I want to get my license. So she brought me together. I said, Mama, I can help you bring, bring, bring a, 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 you know, Shelby and, and Yolanda. I can help you bring the kid. I can do things for you when, when you're too tired. And, and I got my license. And I couldn't wait, man, to get my And I finally got my license. Man, I thought I was on top of the. Now, my mama had this old, uh, not, this old Fairlane Ford. It, it, it was so old, it kind of went down the street back uh, sideways. It was just in bad shape. It was really a Ford back then, fix or repair daily. It was really in bad shape. But, but man, for a 15-year-old kid driving, man, I felt like I was in a Cadillac, diamond in the back, sunroof top, digging the scene on a gangster lean. Woo-hoo! Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And man, I would be driving. And man, my mom was, she, she, the only day she can sleep in late, Danny, was Saturday mornings. So every Saturday morning, I would run into a room and, and tiptoe in the room, and I would sneak in and get her car keys off the uh, nightstand, and I would go outside, and I would put the car I started up, man, put it in reverse and back up about 10 feet, put it in drive, uh, uh, go up 10 feet, and I play with the radio, play with the windshield wipers, man, and then I would hurry up, turn the car off, and go in the room, put it. She never knew, never knew to this day that I did that. Next week, I did the same. Then after a while, I got tired of just backing up and forward in the driveway. So after a while, I started riding around the, the block, man. I, again, sunroof chop, diamond in the back, digging the scene on the gangster lean. And man, I was going around the block. You say, oh, look at Fred. Yeah, look at Fred. And man, I couldn't wait till I went to my very first uh, uh, party, man. It was a sock hop at St. David's School uh, uh, there in the lower night ward. And man, me and my partners got into the car, me and Butch and Coon and Roy and Black and Tito and Bubba. All of us got into my mama's car, man. And we were there at the, at the party, man. We was having a good time. Thank you. We were the temptations. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. Boom, 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 boom. You know, when it's, I mean, we get uh, having a good time. Then I looked at my watch and said, oh, guys, I got to go. So what's wrong? See, I got to get my mama call, man. I got I got a curfew. So, man, we run into the car, man. All of us get into the car. And I get in the car, Danny, and the, to start, and the car wouldn't start. I said, oh, no. And it said, try it again. The car wouldn't start. Bubba tried. The bubble said, Butch, I said, man, what's wrong? I said, I don't know, man. The car won't start. And we put the hood up. None of us know what we were doing, Pastor. We put the hood up. And, and all I knew was putting ignition key, turning on, reversing. And man, we was making so much noise that this man who house was parked in front of, Shiloh, he came outside and said, boys, what y'all doing out there? I said, man, my mama gonna whip my butt, man. I gotta get home, man. And I can't get this car started. I, I said, sir, please, sir, please. Can you help me get my mama car started? He said, wait a minute, young man. Let's let me put my robe. So he got his robe on. He came outside. He said, young man, try to start it up. And it wouldn't start. He said, try to blow the horn. Horn wouldn't blow. Try to turn on the red. The radio wouldn't blow. Windshield. No. And say, I think I know what the problem is. He said, yeah. So he said, give me a minute. So he went inside, got his car keys. And then we got his car. And got his car and put his car in front of my mom's car. He put his hood up and then he went to the back, back of his car in the trunk. Pastor Weston got something I never heard of before in my life. Something called battery cables. <laughs> never heard of battery cables in my life. So he takes the battery cables and he puts the black prong and the red prong on his good battery and then put the others on my mama's dead battery. Then he said, wait a minute, son, let me give it some power. He said, okay, young man, try to start it up. Man, the car started up. He said, oh, yes, I'm in the house, I'm in the house, I'm in the house. Windshield wipe was worried, ready, you're working. Lights came on and it's all because something that was dead. You see, power from something that was alive. Oh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, 
over 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. Jesus Christ uh, gave his life on the cross uh, for the sins of, of mankind. Uh, they hung him high. Uh, they stretched him wide. Uh, he hung his head. Uh, and for you and for you uh, and for me he died. Uh, but that's not how uh, the story ends. Man, I sure wish we had a beef. I sure wish we had a ham and beef you're talking about right now, brother. That's not how uh, the story ends. Uh, three days later, he rose again. Uh, all power in his hand. Uh, dead, where is that saying? Grave where is thy victory and then he met the disciples in the upper room and said listen wait here don't go anywhere but wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit and oh in the book of Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost what he promised came to pass what he promised came to pass and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they had power to walk right power to talk right power to preach right power to sing right power to teach right power to share the gospel power to witness power to evangelize power to win the Lord so much so that everyone not just a preacher everyone not just the staff everyone not just the missionaries everyone could share their faith with this lost and dying world and they were so effective then in doing it that as they went across the community as they went in the neighborhood people say there they are who that's them who that's them who you haven't heard who that's them you don't know those are the people of the Global Impact Conference that are turning this world upside down. Shays Mountain, let's turn Birmingham upside down. Greater Shadow, let's turn Birmingham upside down. Missionaries, wherever you're stationed, turn the world upside down. We're depending on you. We're praying for you. And we're going to give you the, our support. Let's turn the world. Let's turn the world. Let's turn the world upside down. But you... But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. There they are. That's them. There they are. That's them. Who? Those are the people that are turning this world upside down. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this privilege and opportunity to share this message at this Global Impact Conference. Now God, people are right now praying about filling out the life commitment card. They're praying about what box they should check off. Husbands are praying, wives are praying, students are praying, singles are praying, men are praying, women are praying about what box they should check to make this life commitment decision. God, I pray that you will speak to their heart that they would know without a doubt in their mind that it's you that is speaking. Whether it's for full-time mission service, short-term mission service, helping others to go on mission projects, praying for missionaries, or making a recommitment to what they made a commitment to before. All over this building, from the balcony, on my left, on my right, in the choir stand, God, I pray that you will speak to their heart, fill out these cards, and God, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that you will speak, that we will listen, and we will become empowered by another 
turn this city, turn this state, turn this world upside down. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand all over the building, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come up here. In just a moment, fill out your card. If you, I want you to come, and Pastor Danny will be here. I want you to lay your cards on this altar, right up here on this step. Again, don't be afraid. Don't let pride stop you. You're at this conference for a reason, that we would make an impact for world missions, for local missions, that you could make a difference in somebody's life. Make the commitment. Make the vow. Fill out the card. Pastor Daniel will come up. As he comes up, and as Brother Mike sings, why don't you come from all over this building? In the name of Jesus.